0: Hey, Reach Paramount, welcome to our podcast. Hey, this message is from our midweek service with Pastor Isaac Roman in a message entitled Path, Promise, and Purpose. Enjoy this message. Amen. 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 You're welcome to be seated. Thank you so much. God bless you. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. It's good to be in church tonight. It, it was uh I shared this with Pastor Omar. I saw I saw something that came across, and uh, there was this moratorium that was supposed to be put on uh, the county, uh, LA County, and uh, uh, they said uh, they said uh, for the next couple of weeks, uh, every non-essential activity needs to be postponed. And I thought about that, and they de- they detailed you know essential activity being uh, work and school, and I was thinking about uh, how essential the local church is. And I was thinking, you know, uh, for me personally, uh, uh, 2021 was a tough year. And as I was going through these dark places in my life, where would I be without the local church? I I think even for you tonight, uh, maybe uh, things that you've gone through, where would you be? without the local church. And so uh, the church is essential. I said the local church is essential. It is good to be in the house of God with each and every one of you. We're so glad that, you, that you're that you here with us. Also those that are joining us online, so many of you, we appreciate all of you being with us. And we're just gonna believe God uh, to do what only he could do here tonight. Uh, I have this this quote that Reinhard Bunke Uh, He he said, and I want to read this to you, he says, I discovered that no revival comes if we don't preach the word of God under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. He goes on to say, if we only have the great commission and only the Holy Spirit, listen, we have power without purpose or purpose without power. It's a package deal. And that is what God honors. And so I want i want you, if you would, please pray with me tonight that we would have the anointing of God, that God would anoint me, that uh, as I deliver his word, that uh, that it would bring the change and transformation, the challenge, and the hope that we all need. So come on, pray with me. Come on, begin to pray. So Father, we just thank you, Lord. We know, God, that your word says, this is the promise, that where two or three are gathered, you're here with us. And so I pray, God, that... Your anointing, Father, would rest upon each and every one of us, Father. We take authority over every demonic spirit, every demonic distraction that will come against your people tonight, Lord, that would try to tear away the word, God, that I pray, Father, that as uh, as we submit ourselves here tonight before you, God, Lord, I pray that we would be changed and transformed. Holy Spirit, we welcome you into this place. We abandon our own agenda. We abandon our own desires, our own causes. And Father, we look to you, God. In Jesus' name, we pray, amen and amen. I'm so excited about, uh, about our message tonight and I'm I'll gonna be, I'll be very honest with you. Uh, uh, I, I, I encountered some spiritual warfare uh, as I was preparing this message, but I wanna talk to you uh, tonight about uh, the redeemed. And I wanna talk to you about the path, the promise, and the purpose. The path, the promise, and the purpose of the redeemed, the Bible says uh, here, or Jesus says in John 14, uh, this, is, uh, this is the discourse uh, in the upper room to his disciples. This is what Jesus is saying to him to them. It says, don't let your hearts be troubled, trust in God, uh, and trust, in, uh, trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my Father's home, if this were not so, would I have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you. When everything is ready, I will come and get you. How, how many of you, this is the promise of God that once everything is ready that Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back, all right? So we're not, living, uh, we're not living this world for our, you know, to, to build our own kingdoms and things like that, right? We're building this world uh, or, or we're living our lives uh, in this promise that Jesus is coming back. He says, uh, uh, when everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am, and you know the way to where I am going. No, we don't, the Lord. How many of you sometimes feel like you don't know the way? Sometimes you feel a little bit lost. Am I am I by myself here tonight? Sometimes we feel like, I, I don't know, Lord. I don't know exactly where, where I'm supposed to be going. Help me out. Thomas says, uh, Thomas says, no, we don't, Lord. Uh, we have no idea where you're going, so how can we know the way? Uh, Jesus replies to them, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. If you had really known me, you would know who my Father is. And from now on, you do know him and have seen him. And so, here in John fourteen six, uh, Jesus is making a very exclusive, distinct statement. And he said, when he says, "I am the way, I am the truth, and the life." This is a very emphatic. This is very definitive. Uh, there's no room for misunderstanding. There's no room for uh, messing up the translation in what Jesus is saying. He's saying this very, very clear. There is only one God, and he, and he has only one kingdom, and with only one entrance, and that is Jesus Christ, our Redeemer. So, so all of us that rest in this promise that we have salvation in Christ— we have this confidence that we'll be in heaven with him now i want you to understand the how radical this statement was in that given culture see in that given culture uh this is the roman empire okay and and uh, the roman empire was a sophisticated society they were very smart okay uh so they thought in their own minds and so in this uh in this culture of of uh of really a pluralistic Plague in culture. Okay, so what that means is that, uh, you know, it was kind of like uh, a little bit of Christianity and a little bit of whatever else you want. A little bit of Christianity, a little bit of your own desire. And they kind of meshed that together and called it good. And so here's Jesus making a very clear line in the sand saying, you could, you could only be this way or that way. You can't have both. And so even in, even today, as I make that statement, this is a very divisive statement. Because our culture today uh, likes to likes to ha- likes to live on the fringe. Would, would you would you say uh, they, they like to they, they like to, to just kind of just kind of like hey everything is cool man everything is good right and so when you stand when you stand and you make a declaration that Jesus Christ is the only way you immediately divide a room. Right? So everyone's cool. God is love. And, uh, you know, we could talk about God and we could talk about Allah. We could talk about all these different things. But the moment you start talking about Jesus and the moment you start talking about making the statement that He is the only way, He is the only truth, and He is the only life, all of a sudden that's polarizing and everyone, everyone starts losing their mind. Yes? Now, listen. This is the commission that we preach the gospel. And if we, if, if we cowered away from that gospel, How great of a sin, how great of an offense are we making to our family, our friends, and all those that we love? What could be worse than knowing the truth and not sharing the truth with someone that you love? I'll I'll tell you, I I was so moved uh, um, uh, Pastor Woody Calvary. Uh, I was sitting there uh, in in his in his memorial service, celebration of life. It was a powerful time, and I was sitting there and I was listening to the legacy of this man's life, and I was blown away by his siblings every single one of his siblings were saved. And I thought about that and I heard the testimony that, uh, that he would preach to them, that he would love them, that he would pray for them and literally prayed them into the, into the kingdom of God. And as I thought about that, I thought this was a man that lived a life that was worthy of the call of Jesus Christ. And I began to take that as a personal challenge in my life. I said, how am I making impact in the people that I love, that I care about? And uh, uh, God moved on me so strongly. I'm, I'm happy to say, I'm pleased. I'm honored. I'm blown away that uh, three of my four siblings, or uh, yeah, three, three of us are here today serving uh, uh, in, in, in the church. Uh, I mean, it's just amazing. And so my challenge to you is, is this, before I even get into this, is how is your testimony? Who are, who are you talking to Christ about? Who are you leading? Who are you helping? Who are you praying for? Who are you praying with? What, what could be a worse, a worse failure than for you to make it to heaven and your loved ones not? My goodness. So, uh, so uh, I, I'm sorry, that's a little heavy, but uh, I'll, I'll back up a little bit. Okay. So, so, so Jesus is the way. And I, I want us to think about this as Jesus is the path. Okay. Jesus is the path. Now, many of us, all, every single one of us, I'm sorry, all of us are on this journey, on this path. Right? And, and, uh, there's, there's, there's a lot of different paths that each and every one of us are on. And, and really the problem is when you look at humanity and, and our descent into this kind of Craziness. Like, we've become so smart, so intelligent uh, with, with the age of, of uh, the Internet of Things and uh, um, uh, our sophistication, our understanding and, and our knowledge and all this kind of stuff. We, we've become so smart and so intellectual and so intelligent that we're now dumb. Like, like people are more confused today than they ever were. Yes? People are... <laughs> I mean, I don't even have the time to get into how confused people are. And it's this descent into like this, just this relativism. And I I don't wanna get too far ahead of myself, but it's it's just crazy. The world has lost its mind. And so Jesus declares that he is the way, he is the path. And I want to, I want to challenge you in this is that each and every one of us is on this journey, on this path. Uh, you've, this may be a little cliche, okay, but, uh, you've heard, uh, you've heard the, the quote and I, I'm paraphrasing. All roads lead to God, right? Now, when people say that, what they're saying is that, you know, um, as long as I'm a good person, as long as I say my prayers, as long as I do my, re- my religious traditions or, or duties, then, uh, then I'm going to get into heaven. Now, the the statement itself is true that all paths lead to god it's not necessarily the way that uh a lot of people interpret it see uh every single path leads to god where are ultimately uh, it's it's uh each and every one of us are going to die one day and we're going to meet our creator okay so independent of how you live today you will meet god one day okay um you know depending on where the choices in your life and and that that, that'll be a good thing or a bad thing. But Proverbs 1412 says it this way Uh there is a path before each person that seems right, but it ends in death. How many of you have experienced that in your life where you you, you thought you were doing the right thing and it just kind of blows up in your face? Has anyone ever experienced that? Like you, you thought you were on the right, you know, the right thing here, and uh uh and, and it just blows up. So I I want I want you to reflect here. What path are you on today? Just look, I would say, just reflect over the last 30 days. What's going on in your life? What path are you on today? See, there's many paths, and we're all on this. There's a path of education, and we support education, okay? Many, maybe you're on the path of education. You need to get your you know, bachelor's, your master's. Some people double master's, you know, doctorate. And then whatever is after that, right? Whatever's after that. I will say this to those that are pursuing uh, uh, education, and I, I, uh, I, I um, we, we, we advocate for education. Okay, get, get your education. However, uh, I'm, a, I'm I'm a, I'm a hiring manager in a large corporation, and you could have your double master, your doctor, you could have all, all of these things, your ma- all this stuff. But if you have no experience, you're, you know, you start at the bottom. So, uh, anyways, I'm just just throwing that out there. See, many of us, we're <laughs> we're on this path, right, and. Uh, uh, so some of us are on uh, the easy road. Uh, some of us are on cruise control. Anybody ever feel like they're just kind of on cruise control? You're just kind of running through the motions, kind of doing, doing your thing. Uh, some of us are even on autopilot. Wow. This, this, is, this, is kind of, this is kind of dangerous. Just kind of going with the flow, just kind of rolling with it, uh, wh- wh- whatever it is. Um, and, and, uh, and, and many of us think, well, you know, I'm just gonna kind of roll with the punches and think that this is kind of the safest bet. Uh, see sometimes uh, sometimes we, ju- we just kind of live our lives um, we kind of like fantasize about our lives as, as to how it 's going to look and then we just kind of float towards that direction and you think that there 's kind of like some safety or security in and, and just kind of going in this way because maybe your parents went this way or maybe someone that you admire maybe a mentor went this way so you feel like you could just kind of put it on autopilot and just kind of go this way and you think that 's kind of like the safe the safe way um, I, I want to if they would put, uh, put the picture up that, that I had here. Um, and so this picture, uh, hopefully we don't get censored, but this, or, or not that picture, there's a picture of, uh, of, of a car. I'm sorry, you guys, I'm, I missed my cue here. So that picture, okay. So this picture, uh, anybody ever heard of an autonomous driver or autonomous cars? Yes, okay, so what, what that is, is it's a car, um, I, I won't say the name of it, but it's a car that, uh, that you could just kind of like hit a button and it just kind of goes by itself. It drives by itself. And, uh, the thought is that, um, these kinds of cars are safer, that you could just put it on autopilot and just kind of follow the person in front of you and you're going to be okay. Uh, what, what they've realized in, st- in studies and tests is that on average there are, um, there are nine to one autonomous driving accidents per million miles driven, which is way more than human driving, uh, human drivers. And so this is the point that I want to make to you, is that uh, if you're going on autopilot, going with the flow, chasing the things that kind of just bring you pleasure or instant gratification, how is that working for you? Wow. I mean, look at your life. What does your life look like? I'm not here to judge. You judge it. But reflect on that. What does your life look like? Are you living with intention? This is a this is a, a term that our pastor talks about all the time. I love it. Are you living with intention? Are you living with purpose? Are you living uh, intentional in the decisions that you're making? Intentional in the path in which you're following. Uh, many of us we need to do uh, we need to do that. You can take that picture down. Thank you. So Jesus is the way, the way to the Father, the way of life, the way to salvation. And so Jesus lived on this earth to model the way for each and every one of us. So, uh, to follow him on this way means that we're to walk as he walked. We're supposed to do the things that, that he did. We're to follow in his footsteps and live like he lived. See, a way or a path indicates progression. That means that you're, uh, uh, you're progressing somewhere, okay? So all of us in our path, we're progressing somewhere. Now you're either progressing to a good, a good destination or a bad destination. However, uh, nevertheless, you are progressing somewhere on this path. And so Jesus calls this path that he's called each and every one of us uh, the narrow way or, or the narrow path in Matthew seven thirteen. It says, enter by the narrow gate for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it because narrow is the gate and difficult, difficult, is a way which leads to life, and there are few who find it. And so how do we find this gate? How do we find this narrow path that I'm talking about? And and uh, th- the way that we find it is not not because of your own good deeds, not because you're special or you're smart. I think I shared with you guys, uh, some time ago that when I was growing up, uh, my mom always told me how special I was. And it like got, it like got into me. Like I, I, I was fully, uh, full, I was a believer in myself. And then I realized, you know, as I, as I started playing sports, got a little bit older because little league, you're good. But once you start getting into real competition, you start realizing like, oh, you're pretty normal. Um, maybe even below, maybe even below average. Uh, but I started, I started realizing this. But, see, we don't find the way, we don't find this narrow path because of anything in us. In ourselves, we are not exceptional. Now, let, let me, I, I don't want I don't, I to lay it too heavy on you. You are, you're, you're special, you're valuable, okay? Uh, if you were not valuable, Jesus would not have come onto this earth and died for you, okay? So you are very, very valuable, okay? But in ourselves, as it relates to salvation, uh, we're lost, we're, we, 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 we can't do it, okay? And so, It's not because we're exceptional. It's not because we've done anything to deserve it. It is purely by the grace and the mercy of God that each and every one of us are able to find this path. Now we, we have to, we have to have a desire for it. We have to, we, we have to pursue this thing. It's a difficult place for us to find. It's a disciplined place for us to find. But God has given us the grace. God has given us the ability to do this. And so listen, so once we find this path, it's not like an evergreen just for you. It's not like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm on this path. Now I'm on easy street and I'm just going to float. I got my fire insurance and uh, I'm, I'm good to go. See, once we find this path, we now, this is where the action takes place. This is where all the work takes place. See, once you find this path, now it's a, now it's a daily death to yourself a daily discipline to yourself to stay on this path because you can fall off this narrow path. Not only that, but who are you taking with you? This is the work. See, Paul describes it perfectly in Philippians three, he says, but what things were gained to me, these I have counted, uh, these I have counted uh, loss for Christ. Yet indeed, I also count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. I, I wanna ask you, those of you that are following Christ, what did you have to give up? What did you have to sacrifice? What did you lose to follow Christ? Wow. There are some hard decisions that you had to make in your life. There were maybe some decisions in schooling or your career or whatever it is that you, you had plans for your future and you had to give those up for Christ. Peter, or Paul says, uh, uh, count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Jesus Christ my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish. Wow. The word is the word is waste, that's the word I'm gonna use, I'm gonna keep it clean, but it's just complete waste. Everything that he had, everything that this world has to offer, everything that you have is complete waste compared to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. To know him and to, and to be counted as one of the redeemed and to, to be walking with him. He says, and count them all as rubbish or waste that I may gain Christ. And so this path, what it means is that we must leave everything behind us. Everything that God points out that's going to hinder us on our path. What are those things? our own reasoning and our own ideas. Now, how many of you have come to a conclusion in your own life and you felt that, and then you later found that you're completely off base? Anybody ever ever been there? Yeah, okay, hands going up all over the place. Yeah, so uh, so sometimes we have to abandon our own conclusions, our own reasonings and our own ideas for the truth, for, for, for Christ. See, at times we have to abandon our own beliefs and our own abilities like uh, maybe many of us uh, have, have lived our lives and have gotten, gotten by in our own kind of wit, our own, um, our, our own special qualities, uh, our own giftings and things like that. Um, but when, when, we, when, we, when we're walking with the Lord, sometimes God says, hey, I need to change some things in your character. I need to, I, I, we need to make a little adjustment here. Uh, you can't manipulate your way through life anymore. You, you got to do the right thing. Something else that hinders a lot of people on the path is relationships. Those toxic relationships that we know are horrible for us, that we know that are just destroying us, uh, but uh, for whatever reason, we like the abuse and, and, we, and we stay there. And I, I don't wanna be insensitive. I, I understand that there's, there's a psychological piece to this, but, but relationships, Pastor Omar says it so well it just sticks with me. We have to define and align our relationships, okay? Not not everyone needs access, all right? I mean, there's those that are in our lives that have 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 hurt us and uh my prayer is that you that that through Christ you find the ability to forgive them and release them, but you don't have to keep them with you, okay? Uh define and align your relationships, train those things out. Whatever is hindering you from walking with the Lord, you got to get rid of that stuff. Some other things that, that kind of hinder us, kind of mess us up is, is our own status in, in life. Like, I, I want to maintain uh, my status. I want to maintain my influence. I want to maintain w- whatever it is that you perceive to have in yourself. Um, these, these things kind of mess us up. And lastly is our pride. our pride. Our pride is one of the biggest things. I mean, many of us are, 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 are stuck in our own pride because we won't ask for forgiveness or we won't give someone forgiveness that has wronged us because we feel entitled to hold on to this hurt. We feel entitled to keep that person in that place opposed to releasing them in forgiveness just like each and every one of us have. That's a whole nother, that's a whole nother sermon. So all of these gotta be counted as a loss and a waste and left outside of that gate because there's no room for them on the narrow path. If we could get our eyes open to see, as Paul saw, the value of what it is to gain Christ, what does that mean to gain Christ? See, just like the, just like that Roman culture, just like that Greek culture, uh, even all the way back to the children of Israel, uh, humanity wants to keep a little bit of God and a little bit of their own sinful, selfish desires, right? So can I, how, how can I live in the in-between and be okay? How can I figure that out? And see, once we can make this pivot, just like Paul did, to understand and value the gain of Christ in our lives, this narrow path, uh, and count everything else as lost, this is where true freedom happens for each and every one of us. See, a lot of the times, these things that we think are so so good in our lives are really holding us down and burdening us, uh, and, and we're, just, we're just blind to see that. Uh, my prayer is that tonight, that through the Holy Spirit, we're beginning to identify these things and we're beginning to identify, what is, what is it that I need to let go here in 2022? I, I, want, I want everything that God has for me this year, for myself, for my family, for my loved ones. I, I, I wanna go for God. What are those things that we have to release uh, here that the Holy Spirit is talking to us about. So, walking on this narrow path. So, now that we've entered the, the, this path, we got to walk it out. Uh, James says that we have to be not only hearers of the word, but doers also. So, the narrow path, this way, is a way of action. All right. So, uh, it's a path that goes through our own fleshly desires, our own instant gratification, the things that we want. And Jesus shows us how he walked on this earth, and so that we can model it. Hebrews 7, it says, then I said, look, I have come to do your will, O God, as is written about me in the scriptures. And so this is Jesus saying that he's come to do the will of the Father, just the way that he's, the way that it's been written about him, this is what he's been called to do here on earth. Likewise, as Jesus modeled it for each and every one of us, we have to live that out. So in other words, to walk on the narrow path means that we give up our own will entirely. Our own desires, everything entirely. It means that we must overcome sin and those things that are so natural to us to do God's will. One of the things that 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 messes us up a lot. There's a lot of things, but some of the things that messes us up is laziness. All right. Now, look, I'm I'm a, I'm gonna be honest. We're we're just about two weeks into 2022, and I had all the right ideas. I had all the right intentions. Okay. I, I've not been to the gym at, like I should be. I'm eating horribly. Uh, don't laugh at me, you're, you're probably, you know, you probably blew it already too, all right? But we gotta, we gotta pray and fight against this spirit of laziness, this is real. This, this, is, this is absolutely real. It's not of God, it's not of God. Uh, 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 resentment, oh, sorry, resentment. Living with resentment in, in our lives, living with the, the oh, "I should have done this, I could have done that," um, uh, resenting others maybe that are doing, maybe perceived doing better than you are—all uh, these things we got to get rid. Got, we we got to get rid of. See. Uh, Uh, Ultimately, we need this freedom from being bound to all these things that we hold on to. It's like all this junk that we hold on to and it's like a security blanket. We're like functional in our dysfunction. We we just need this stuff because this is what's familiar to us and this is what makes us comfortable. But there's freedom when we release all of that stuff. Uh, 1 Peter 4 says, so then since Christ suffered physical pain, you must arm yourselves with the same attitude he had and be ready to suffer too for if you have suffered physically for Christ, you have, finished, uh, uh, you have finished with sin. You won't spend the rest of your lives chasing your own desires, but you will be anxious to do the will of God. This is, this is part of what, what it is to be on this path. And the last thing is that we get to know him. We get to know Jesus. We get to know uh, uh, um, uh, the way. In Philippians 3.10 it says, uh, this is Paul, he says, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. How many of us need to be resurrected in our lives? Maybe some things, maybe some thinking in our lives, maybe, uh, some dead things in our lives spiritually, maybe some, some dead, uh, so, some dead dreams, some dead words that God has given you, maybe some dead prayers that you used to pray big prayers, but now you're praying these little bitty prayers like, oh, okay, God, I, I, I didn't see that come, come, come through. So maybe if you could just do this. No, no, no. In 2022, God wants you to believe for even bigger and better things. And so, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. We don't like that. Being conformed to his death. This is the power in which we're able to walk each each and every one of these things out. And so God's path for us is that we're transformed and conformed to the image of Christ. James 1, 12 says, Blessed is the man who endures temptation for when he has been approved, this is after the testing, is after you've gone through and endured those things, has been approved, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Now, I want us to look at Jesus as the truth or the promise, okay? So, in his farewell address to the nation, George Washington stated this. Listen to this. We're talking about truth and the promise. George Washington said this of all the dispositions and habits, Uh, which lead to political prosperity, religion and morality are indispensable support. So he's saying of all the things and and all the things that that lead to political success, okay, Um, uh, the the things that are indispensable, the things that we cannot do without is religion and morality. Now, when he's saying religion, what is he talking about? He's talking about true religion, okay? He's talking about Christianity, true religion, okay? And so he goes on to say... In vain would that man claim the tribute of patriotism who should labor to subvert these great pillars. So what he's saying is that, kind of like what what Paul was saying, is that without Christ, without this truth, without this moral truth that Christ has given us in his word, okay, in his word, without that, everything else is lost. Everything else is a waste. Everything else is in vain. And so this truth is, is really the source of our morality. Uh, he and the other founders understood the dangers of moral relativism, a philosophy that claims there is no global or absolute moral truth and that right and wrong are just personal opinions. How, does this sound familiar to us in this culture? That personal, personal opinions now are my truth. So what is true to me, no matter how, no matter how you feel about it, what's true to me is my truth and you can't say anything about that. See, moral relativism says that whatever makes you happy, whatever you feel is right, that's right for you. And, uh, uh, uh I just gotta live with that because that's what it is. And, 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 and also I can't tell you anything about that crazy way of thinking. Right, so, so our culture has kind of descended into this kind of gray space where there is no absolute truth. Everything is relative. However I feel is the way that I feel and I'm just being true to myself. How many of you guys ever heard, heard that statement? I'm just being true to me. Well, what about the truth? What about the real truth, right? So listen, so Jesus is the truth, right? And I wanna talk to us about Jesus is the promise in is truth. So listen, our attitude towards the promise determines the outcome of our lives. I'm gonna say that again. Our attitude towards the promise determines the outcome of our lives. Now, I, I, I wanna give you just a quick example here of, uh, of, of this moral relativism, okay? So, um, so, so truth is, uh, I'm reading this, this is the definition, truth is the correspondence between our beliefs and reality. So relativism denies this. Whether you believe in gravity or not, it's a universal truth. So you may say, like, oh, hey, I don't really feel like gravity is, is, is true. Okay. Now, gravity is an absolute truth. So if you don't believe it, you know, if you're to, you know, stand on here and like jump off and think that you're going to fly that that's you're wrong okay so so there's 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 being right and there's being wrong okay so gravity is an absolute truth just like the word of god is the absolute truth see if we had a society that didn't believe in absolute truth think about what uh what what the 90 or uh what uh, uh paramount boulevard would look like if we didn't believe that a red light meant stop if there wasn't this absolute truth that a red light means stop and everyone just did whatever they felt like, like, hey, I don't feel like red means stop, uh, red means go, right? And you, and you hit the guy, How, what is that going to look like? And so this is just a picture or an example of what a society will look like without absolute truths. I love what C.S. Lewis says, and he's, he's referring to the absolute truth in society, This is out of mere Christianity. If you've never heard of the book, if you've never read it, I, I strongly suggest, encourage you to read it. You're gonna have to read it really slow because the guy's a genius. Uh, but, but uh, uh, you know, read it. But this is what he says. He says, a man does not call a line crooked unless he has some idea of a straight line. We, we need to be able to, like, reference something. What do we reference? We reference the word of God. We reference his holy truths. We reference... The Bible, that, that's our, that's our plumb line. That's what, that's, that's our guiding force in that. So a man does not call a line crooked unless he has some idea of a straight line. So, so how do we determine truth and, and, and false narratives? We line it up to the word of God. The word of God is our, is is our straight line. If it doesn't line up to the word of God, then it's crooked and it's wrong. That, that, that's, that's the bottom line. In Romans, Paul says this ever since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, God's eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen. Because they are understood through the things God has made, so humans are without excuse. And so, what Paul is saying here is that there's, you could see it all around you. He's talking about the Gentiles here. See, uh, the, the, the Jews had the Torah. They had, uh, they, they had the religion, right? So now he's talking about the Gentiles. He's saying that the Gentiles have no excuse because everywhere you look, you see the glory of God. You see evidence of the glory of God. So humans are without excuse. Listen, although although they knew God, they didn't honor God as God or thank him. Instead, their reasoning became pointless and their foolish hearts were darkened. While they were claiming to be wise, they made fools of themselves. Have you ever talked to someone that like like a philosophy guy that's got it, got it all and they just like talk in circles and you're just like, you're just, you're lost and you kind of feel like they're lost but they're just so confident. They just keep on talking and you're just like. They exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images that looked like mortal humans, birds, animals, and reptiles. So God abandoned them to their heart's desires which led to the moral corruption of degrading their own bodies with each other, they traded God's truth for a lie. They worshipped the uh, they worshipped and served the creation instead of the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. Pastor Omar talked about this in our December series, uh, "The Cost of Christmas," about the wise men, and uh, it, it was a, it was a great message, Pastor Omar. Uh, I, I I encourage you to go back and listen to this. Uh, but he said that we need to be seekers of the truth. We need to be seekers. Of wisdom, and so uh, what we're not what we're not talking about is speculation. Okay, we're not talking about you know speculating like and hypothesizing about all these different philosophies. But we really need to be seekers of the truth. See the difference between a speculator and a truth seeker is that a truth seeker uh, that truth seekers aren't content with talking in circles or sitting around considering different philosophies of life. We need to be seeking the truth. So speculators. Like to debate or discuss a topic. Seekers, so Pastor Omar said seekers are genuinely looking for the truth. They may not have all the answers. Uh oh. They may not have all the answers. Oh, I lost my place. I'm sorry, guys. They may not have all the answers, but their desire is to find the truth that will bring transformation to their lives. And so we're not just we're not just like looking for wisdom. We're not just reading philosophy books. We're not even just reading the Bible just for wisdom. We're we we're reading the Bible, we're seeking truth so that we could be transformed to be more like the image of Christ. We're not we're, we're not <sighs> i saw pastor rob pastor rob put this this meme on instagram on his story and he said uh it was a it was a uh it was a circle it was a diagram and it said uh theologians uh read uh read more books than they do uh than they do the bible and it was like you know a pie chart and it was like mostly all reading books and like very little reading uh the bible this is many of us are like this is that um many of us don't even read the bible we 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 come on sundays we come on wednesdays uh we have our podcast ready we're watching all the greatest all the hottest latest uh preachers that are just preaching down fire and i'm not saying there's anything wrong with that but when's the last time you got into the bible how do you know the word of god do you know the promises of god are you able to apply them to your life are you waiting for this fresh revelation from this other man that's getting revelation from god that you have access to So if we don't love the truth, if we resist it, then we resist the truth, the promise, our redeemer. But if we do love the truth, then we embrace redemption and we receive the promise, which is the crown of life. Jeremiah twenty-nine thirteen says, if you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. Matthew 7, Jesus says, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you'll find it. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. See, so truth is far more than facts. The promise is far more than just facts. It's not just something we act upon. It acts upon us. And see, when our lives come in in contact with the truth, it's transformative. There's transforming power in God's truth. When when you were living a certain way in your life and you had a revelation of God's truth, what happened to your life? Everything changed. You were no longer comfortable living the way that you did. So the truth... It's far more than a fact, but it's live and active in transforming each and every one of us. See, we can't change the truth, but the truth can change each and every one of us. It should change, uh, change us. It sanctifies us or sets us apart from the deceptions that we've allowed to weave into our sinful nature. And as Christ is the living truth, um, uh, uh, so his written word is the truth that really should be dictating our lives. Isaiah 55:11 says, "My word, uh, my word that proceeds from my mouth, will not return to me empty." I, I'm I'm curious for those of you that have had a promise of God in your life, maybe for your family, maybe for yourself, maybe for a loved one. The Bible says the promise is that His word, every word that proceeds from His mouth, will not return to Him empty, but will accomplish what He pleases, and it will prosper where I send it. So wherever God has sent you a word in your life, it's going to prosper. It's not gonna return void, he's faithful to do it. I've seen it time and time again, from generation to generation, God's word and God's promises are faithful to you and I. Psalms 119, 89, it says, Your word, O Lord, is everlasting. It is firmly fixed in the heavens. And so, again, I wanna ask you, what has God promised you? What has God given you a promise for your life, maybe for your marriage, maybe for your loved one, maybe you're believing God tonight for someone that's sick. Uh, may, maybe, uh, uh, maybe terminally ill, what has God given you? What promise has God given you? And are you hanging on to that? Are you believing God that he's a man of his word, that his word is everlasting and is firmly fixed in the heavens? The last thing is this, that Jesus is the life, and what I wanna present to you is Jesus is our purpose. And so we, we need to be honest with ourselves and ask ourselves this question. What is the purpose in your life? What are you living your life for today? Again, you just kind of think about it over the last couple of days. What, what's been the intention of your life? Has it been sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ? Has it been sharing what God is doing in your life? What is the purpose? Is, is your purpose to to fulfill whatever it is, the desires in your own life, the desires in your own heart? What are you living for? Think about that. What are you living for? And my, my hope is that if you can't answer any of these things, that you would think about it, by the end of this message, uh, you'll have a firm understanding as to what, you, what what is your purpose in this life. John 6, 63, it says, Jesus says, it is the spirit who gives life or purpose. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life or they give purpose. John 6, 68 says, but Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life or purpose. This is what I wanna propose to you today is that if you're not living in Christ, if Christ is not determining your actions and your choices and, your, and, 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 and you know, filtering your decisions, I'm here to tell you that you're not living for purpose. You're not living for a purpose the way that God's called us to. So how do we live on purpose? The first thing that we do is that we keep his commands, that if we wanna live this life that uh, that we have in Jesus and want Jesus to become this, this life kind of giving source in, in us, we need to be obedient to the words of life. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. How are we doing with that? In your life, how are you doing with that? See, the intention of this life or the purpose of this life that he lived and the words that he spoke was that they should become life to each and every one of us. That they should dictate what we do. They should dictate the the trajectory of our lives. We should take up our cross daily. What does that mean? That means to die to those things that, that we want in our lives, to, to, to die to those desires and to pursue God and understand that, that God is all that we need in this life. Romans eight twenty nine says, for whom he foreknew he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the first born among many brethren. This is this is what this is what Paul is saying is that in Christ he, He's known you, He's predestined you to fulfill the will and, and the destiny that God has for each and every one of us. See, every single one of you have a call and a destiny on your life, just like me. And the only way that we find this path, the only way that we find this destiny, the only way that we find this purpose is in Christ. How many of you have, have tried to find purpose in a hobby? You're trying to find purpose in your career. You're trying to find purpose in a relationship. All of those will fall short because the only way that we're able to flourish in this life is that we would be able to find the purpose in which Christ predestined for us in Christ Jesus. So this means that there should be many who keep his commands and many of us that are conformed to his image. See, this is a choice that each and every one of us have to make. You have to make this choice, okay? It doesn't happen... While you're on autopilot, it's an intentional decision for you to, to choose this life, to choose this purpose. 1 Timothy 4, 13 and 15, it says, give attention to reading. We have to be familiar with the word. Give attention to reading, to exhortation, to the doctrine. Meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them. See, the life of Christ is... That's in us. Galatians 5, it says that if we were to walk in the Spirit, we will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. How how many of us are just struggling with the same thing? You're just like, man, I, I want to do good, but I can't. I just kind of, I keep on stumbling into the same thing. Well, you're not walking, you're not walking in the Spirit. If you're to walk in the Spirit, you will fulfill the lusts of the flesh. And if we live in the Spirit, if we live with this purpose, let us walk in the Spirit or let us walk in this purpose. So o- obedience to Jesus' commandments leads to overcoming the lust. If you're, if you're, tonight I'm telling you, if you're struggling, if you're struggling with desires, with, with, with things that are pulling on you, things that you know that are no, no good for you, if you're struggling with these things, the word of God gives us the ability to overcome these things. Paul says this in 1 Timothy, he says, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on, uh, Lay hold on eternal life to which you are also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many saints. See, to fight this good fight, God gives us the Holy Spirit. This enables us, this empowers us to point out the things that we need to overcome in our lives and to give us the power to overcome it. So, so God doesn't just highlight these things and say, hey, you need to work on these things. But God highlights those things in our lives and says, hey, son, daughter, I've not only highlighted these things for you, I've not only shown you these things, but I've also given you the ability to overcome them through the Holy Spirit. Many of us are walking powerlessly around, struggling with the same things because we're not empowered by the Holy Spirit. And I pray tonight that we would be empowered with the Holy Spirit. Again, Reinhard uh, Reinhard Bonnke's uh, uh, statement or quote, if we only have the Great Commission, if we only have the Word and only the Holy Spirit, We have power without purpose or purpose without power. See, this life, it's a package deal and we have to live with the word, we have to live with the anointing of the Holy Spirit and this is what honors God. This is how we honor God. I'm gonna ask if you would just bow your head and close your eyes and consider a couple of things as as I talk here. See, we all wanna choose the best path for our lives. We all want the best for our families. I, I understand that we all we all want these things. We all want to be participants in the promises and live in the truth of God. We all want to live this life of purpose. We want our lives to count for something. I imagine that each and every one of us, we we think about our legacy at a certain point. I'm going to be 40 years old this year, and uh, I have you know I have four children, and I think about my legacy, and I think about man. I want my life to to have a purpose. I want my life to count for something. I want to be able to hand something on to my kid, to to my children. And like I said, it's an accurate statement that all paths, they do lead to God. See, the author of Hebrews says, and just as each person is destined to die once, and after that comes judgment. And so choosing the path of Christ is the right path. I I, I wanna wanna acknowledge this. Choosing the path of Christ as as I'm saying these things, consider this. This is the right thing to do. It's the right path. It's the good path. But you've heard us say this around here that it's not only right, it's not only good, but it's the better path for you. It's, It's the better path for your life. It's the better path for your family. It's not only right, it's not only good, but it's the better thing for you. And a lot of times we we get kind of we get kind of tangled up in thinking that we got it all figured out. We know what's right for us. We know what's best for us. You know we we know what's right for our family. But I'm here to tell you. I'm here to testify to you that living, taking the path, of, and living this life with Christ is the better thing for you. And so maybe you're here tonight, and you could say to me, say, you know, I, I'm I'm not on the right path. I I've I have i I've kind of gone my own way. I've I've kind of been like that autonomous driver where I was just kind of in cruise control or autopilot and I've I've just crashed and burned. I've made a mess of my situation. I've made a mess of my family. I've made a mess of my life. If that's here if that's you here tonight, God's here to give you grace and to guide you in the right direction. This is the mercy of God. Maybe you're here tonight and you're saying, I'm not living in the truth or I'm not living in the promises. Maybe you feel like you've surrendered those things. Maybe you're, you, you've, you're just, you've just gone too far. And God is here to become the living truth in your life and to seal you, not only you, not, not only you, but seal you and your generations in his promise. Or maybe you're here and you're saying, you know what, Pastor Isaac, I'm not, I'm not living with purpose. I, you know, I hear what you're saying. I come to church I do all these things, but I'm not really living with, with, with purpose. I'm not living, not living the life that Jesus called me to. And I, I'm here to tell you that, I'm here to tell you that you've not gone too far. You've not gone too far, you've not gone too far to be redeemed. I think about, I think about this, I think uh, um, Pastor Omar was sharing this on, um, on, on Sunday, and I read, I, I read just a little bit further. I want you to get this picture. Um, so Peter had denied Jesus and um, the Bible says that he goes back to fishing he, he basically felt like he had surrendered he, you know the destiny that God had given him the promises that God had given him um, all of these things he, he felt like a complete failure and I'm sure many of us could, could kind of identify with that so Jesus Jesus uh, um, appears after the, res- after the resurrection he appears and he tells, he tells Mary to go tell the disciples and Peter that, uh, that, that Jesus is, is, is raised. And, and so if you fast forward, and I've read this time and time again, but I, this just hit me, in my, it, it just in my forehead, it just hit me. The Bible says that while they're out on, on the boat, the disciples are on the boat. And uh, it says that John, the disciple that Jesus loved, this is John 21, says, uh, then the disciple Jesus loved, that, that's John, okay, uh, said to Peter, it's the Lord, so they see this figure and they, at the shore and they say, and, and he's talking to them. He tells them, you know, to put your, put your nets on the other side and they, they, they get this big, this big lot, right? And, and, and John says, Peter, that it's the Lord, it's Jesus. And realized that Peter had failed the Lord. He had denied him. He, he was in, I'd imagine, complete failure mode. And it says that when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his tunic Jumped into the water and headed to the shore. This is what this is what happened. He looked at this opportunity as reconciliation. That he had he had gone so far and and he thought that maybe maybe he thought that there was never going to be an opportunity for him to reconcile this. And in this moment he seized it. It says that he jumped into the water and he ran and he ran to the shore to be Jesus while the rest of them stayed on the boat and came up. And tonight I want you, I I, I say that because I want you to consider this. Maybe tonight you're living and, and you're saying, you know what? I, I've I've not been living with purpose. I've I've, I've not living in the promise. I've, I'm on my own path, and I need to, I need to make those things right. If you're here tonight and you're saying, you know what? I, I I'm just falling short on these things. I'm here to tell you that God is here. God God, the grace of God is here. The mercy of God is here, and wants to reconcile us. So my first call is this: Maybe in 2022 you had all the right intentions. You were going to come out of the gate and you were gonna you're gonna go for it and. Uh, you've stalled out Or or maybe even you've failed And you've fallen short If you're here tonight And you say You know what Pastor Isaac I, I'm, I'm not living for God I, I just I've just missed it I'm here to tell you That God wants to reconcile you That God wants to God wants to make it right you're, you're, you're in the right place At the right time Just like Pastor Omar says And there's grace for you The Redeemer is here And he wants to redeem Those that are lost And so tonight, maybe you're here tonight and you say, you know Pastor Isaac, I need to to get my life right with the Lord. I need to make this commitment to God. I'm not living for God tonight. I could could honestly say that. I want you to lift your hand. Just raise your hand. Just kind of wave it at me. Say, you know what, Pastor Isaac, I'm not living living for the Lord. I need to make things right. Anybody at all, just just lift your hand just real quick. Come on, we want to make an opportunity. We want to give you an opportunity to get right with the Lord. Anybody at all, just lift your hand. I see hands going up. There's, There's those that are being honest. We're not going to rush this. We're, we're going to take some time here because I, I really believe, even right now, I, I believe that the enemy, I believe that our pride, there's a lot of things going on in, in our lives that are trying to really rob this moment from you. But if you're here tonight, you say, you know, I, I, need, I need to make the Lord, Lord of my life. I need to make him the way, the, the truth and the life in, in, in me. I need to make him Lord of my life. If, if you're here tonight, come on, there's already, there's already uh, honest hands that have gone up. There's already those that are responding. I encourage you to respond. Respond to the Holy Spirit. If you're here tonight, and you say, "You know, I, I need, I need to make things right with the Lord." Just lift your hand. Just raise your hand, real quick. Just put it up and put it right back down. Anybody at all? You got more hands going up? No, us praise God. I'm going to ask if, if, if you would. I, I want everyone to stand um, tonight. If you would, just stand with us. The worship team is going to lead us in. In a song and if you raise your hand if you raise your hand i want you to look up at me i know there's some over here some over here i'm gonna ask you if you would just just walk down here and meet me right here right here at the altar i want to pray with you if, if that was you i don't even think about it just just come on just meet me right here you're not gonna come by yourself i think there's other hands right the bible says that all of heaven rejoices over one over one right God. Praise God. We're in the sermon series redeemed. And um, uh, what that means is that our lives, we've made, a, we've made a mess of it. We've made a waste of it, right? But God redeems us. That, that God will take the, our mess that we've made and he'll redeem it and, and, and infuse purpose and, and and passion and all of those things back into your life. And so I want to pray, church, if you would just 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 kind of uh, uh, reach your hands towards towards these i'm i 'm going to say some words i 'm going to ask you to repeat these words after me um, it 's not the words that are being said, but it 's the posture of your heart you 're saying these to God so I want you to repeat after me and I want you to audibly say this say Lord, forgive me for not making you the primary reason in my life. I confess of my sin I confess that i 've gone the wrong way. And tonight, I make a commitment to make you Lord of my life. Come into my life. Redeem me by your blood. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Brothers are here. They're going to pray with you. Guys, if you would, just pray with them. I want you to minister to them, okay? It's powerful. Christians, I I want you to consider these things. Consider the path that you're on tonight especially those that are leading in your family okay so if your parents or 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 anything like that consider the path that you're on tonight okay secondly i want you to consider are you living in the promise are you living your life in the promises of god that are you living your life out of faith or out of fear are you holding on to things that you shouldn't be holding on to and the last thing is are you living your life on purpose truly are you living your life on purpose And is that purpose worthy of the call that Christ Jesus has on each and every one of us? They're gonna lead us in a worship song. I want you to get out of your seat. And I want you to just, come on, just get out of your seat. Just come down to the altar. I want you to begin to pray. I believe that the Holy Spirit is here. The Holy Spirit's going to help us tonight